And in Christ, there's something very important to understand. Uh, I think all over the world as I travel, one of the things I've noticed is there's two types, collections of people that call themselves Christians. There's the people that go to a church and they attend a preaching center or an entertainment center or in some cases a very wacky center and after they've ent you know, been there, they've been entertained, they go home and their Christianity is basically an acknowledgement of certain truths without any participation in life. That is not Christianity, that's religion. And most people live in religion and they can't understand why it doesn't work for them. Things go wrong. And it's so important to understand what's wrong. There's something wrong with your life, you need it put right. Simple as that. And in life, there's a lot of things that go wrong. And I just want to talk to you simply about why people go wrong. Do you know, life's simple. There's no great mystery. But there's a great mystery in spirituality. People have made it mystical. Look, miracles happen because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and he dealt with sin and he dealt with disease and he dealt with the things that destroy and he wants you to have life and life more abundant. That's his purpose. But your life can get real mixed up if you don't realize what you're called to. Because you're not called just to a set of beliefs. The Apostle Paul wanted it made more plain than that. And if you turn to Romans chapter 12. When he was talking to the church at Rome, he said, hey, there's a problem. Paul says, I beseech you. Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore who? Brethren. Now who's he talking to? He's talking to the people of God, he's talking to the church. This isn't for an unbeliever, he's talking to believers. He's calling them brethren. And he's saying, look, I've come to beseech you. Brethren. And it's so important to understand that is who he's talking to. This letter was written to the church. It wasn't written to unbelievers. And it was to bring back balance. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now here's what you've got to do. You've got to present to God what? Your what? Body. What is your body? It's your flesh and blood, isn't it? And Paul says to the church, he said, that's your reasonable service. In other words, you, when you're born from above, have a duty to present yourself to God. As a living sacrifice, it's your reasonable service. That doesn't mean you go to church on a Sunday and then for the rest of the week you live any way you want to. He's saying, no, 
you have to dedicate yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ you present your body as a living sacrifice God doesn't want goats he doesn't want sheep he doesn't want your money he wants you and that is something that really isn't any more expressed in the church what is expressed in the church is come to church and God will do this for you, God will do that for you, God will do the other for you. Well, I believe in that, what God can do for you. I think it was that man, Kennedy. But he did say, don't ask what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And I would suggest that maybe the Church of Jesus Christ needs to wake up and stop asking what the church will do for them and start asking what they can do for the church and God says well here's the first thing number one you present your body as a living sacrifice it's your reasonable service first thing goes on says you're not to be conformed and be not conformed to this world but be you transformed how? by the re re renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in other words what's important in your life is not what the world does the world wants power the world wants riches the world wants to elevate itself that's not the part of a Christian the part of a Christian is to find out what God wants you've presented your body as a living sacrifice now you've got to prove what's the acceptable and perfect will of God what does God want of me I'm here not for myself because I've presented my body as a living sacrifice I'm now here for God he owns me if you've truly put your life upon the altar you don't own yourself, God owns you and if God owns you, you better decide what is the perfect and acceptable will of God is that plain? firstly you present your body secondly you realize that you've got to prove what's the will of God for your life and you prove it out in living in other words the world and the world's ways have no place in your heart what the world thinks how the world operates isn't part of your life part of your life alone is the way God thinks what God's word says is that plain? hello? now the world tells you this is valuable, that's what God says and it's finding out what God wants I find too many people are more interested in living like the world and coming to church on Sunday and then you buy off God with your tithe well God wanted your body as a living sacrifice and then he wanted you to prove what's the perfect and acceptable will of God plain 
Hello? Is that plain? That's what it says. So many people forget. Then he goes on. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. Now, this is talking to the men, though it can equally apply to the women. It says, to every man that is among you, not to think more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. In other words, my, my whole thinking is not to believe I'm something because of a worldly thing. I realize, hey, the important thing is the measure of faith I have from God. That's what is the value in life. And God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Every man's got a measure. When you're born from above, God puts within you a measure of faith. And that measure of faith will determine how far you go, what you like, in God. And if you try and move beyond that measure, you get yourself in bother. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Now look, if we're in the body of Christ, and we're members one of another, we better understand one thing. You can't be a Christian independently. To actually be part of a living body, a living church, you've got to realize that your membership involves everyone. You're part of them, they're part of you. When people get disassociated from churches, or when they believe that their life and development can be on their own, they're fools. Because the Bible makes it quite plain. We're members one of another. The body of Christ is a living organism. It is not something disassociated one from another. And if you want to go on in God, you have to be part of the body. We've got a choir here. If the choir all sing and they sing to their own ideas and they sing their own tune, all you'll get is a concophony of sound and it'll sound awful. There are one or two people who cannot keep a tune. There are some people who think that they can make, by harmonizing, they can make the choir sound better. But when you sing in a choir, there are four parts and if you don't sing according to the part, you make the whole lot of mess. There are some individuals who have real gifts and abilities in music and there are some who have less but I'll tell you the ones with a greater gift when they try to show off and begin to think of themselves more highly or they begin to bellow like a bullfrog because they want to be heard above everyone else they, they destroy a choir 
The beauty of a choir is that people sing the part they should be singing and they sing it to the blessing of the whole, not one person trying to be noticed or heard. And that's the way a choir is. And you have Sheila up the front conducting. Why? Because she's saying this is the timing, this is the beat, and she does it well. And if you watch her and you keep in time, then you become part of the whole. But if you're looking round and you're not paying attention, it won't be long before you're not part of the whole. You're part of your own little world. And that's how people are in life. They belong to a church, but they don't fit. We're one body. Well, if you belong in one body, then you better know where you fit. And nothing worse than seeing someone trying to take a knife and fork with their toes. Your feet are going to have a hard job feeding you. Why? Because you've got your hands and your arms. Some people can do it. Some people are that flexible, they can't, but it's not normal, is it? And you find a lot of people in the church, they try and do what isn't naturally their ability, not their faith. There's nothing wrong with knowing your measure of faith and staying within it. There's something wrong when you try and reach for something that God never gave you. Paul, when he wrote to the Roman church, he said it's not like that. Verse 6, he said it, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honour preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, rejoice, um, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another, and so on. Look, notice this. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth with simplicity, ruleth with diligence, mercy with cheerfulness, love without dissimulation. There, there are ways of doing things, but not everyone has the same gift. I find some people can get up and they can prophesy 
But the trouble with their prophecy is they haven't got the faith to believe that what they're prophesying is going to come to pass. I, I remember a woman saying once years ago, she said, you know, she said, I really love Jesus, but I hate God. That fascinated me. I said, what do you mean? Well, the God of the Old Testament's cruel. And the God of the New Testament is all loving. I want to tell you, the God of the Old Testament's the God of the New Testament. Jesus in the old is Jesus in the new. He hadn't changed. Don't ever get the impression that God, God doesn't change. James tells us that. My God is a mighty God. He's coming to put down all rule and all authority. He's come conquering and to conquer. He's a mighty God. There's no way uh, I've got a God who's kind of effeminate and, and humanistic and it doesn't matter what you do, you're all going to heaven. Forget that deal, that's not God. That's some other gospel. And our God wants us to understand what he's really like. See? And he says, you've got to present your body as a living sacrifice. It's your reasonable service. You've got to prove what's the perfect and acceptable will of God for your life. You've got to stop messing around. Who do you think you're conning? The only one you're cheating is yourself. You're cheating yourself of all that God would do in your life because you're a fool. You think your way's best. And then he says, don't be conformed to this world. Forget the way the world thinks. I, I hear such nonsense preached and, and taught and intelligent grown people believe such stupidity uh, and when you come to the body of Christ you don't get conformed to what the world thinks you get conformed to what God thinks I'm not concerned what the world thinks but you see there's one thing about my God he doesn't change the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament it's real. And you don't want to get caught up with, with strange teachings and strange doctrines. I want to know what God says. And God says we're members one of another. We're one body. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. Get off the idea that race has anything to do with progress. Do you know, I tell people in Africa and I tell them here, you know, it's not the color of your skin, it's the lack of your skill that holds you back. Get the right skills and you can succeed anywhere. My dear friend, the Archbishop, Benson Edozer, used to say to people, get the chip off your shoulder. We've all got differing gifts. We've all got differing abilities. But when we come into the body of Christ, it doesn't matter our background, doesn't matter where we come from, the only thing that counts is what is my ability? And the reason that so many churches get in a mess is people don't want to stay in the realm of their own ability, they want to reach beyond what God's given them grace and faith for. And so you'll find that a lot of people want to be, you know, the person who can sing in the choir and contribute to the choir wants to be a soloist. Why? Because they're puffed up in their earthly mind and think there's something important.
but they don't understand that they're part of the body of Christ and they're meant to be yielding their body and presenting their body as a living sacrifice to God and they're not their own and they should be part of the whole and then you find other people want to be preachers and they jump up and they want to be something in the church and it doesn't work and then there are people who want to teach who can't teach but if only they understood that there are differing gifts and differing abilities and what is your ability and what is your gift if you stay within that I'll tell you you'll be blessed you'll prove what's the perfect and acceptable will of God you won't become one person who's discontent because you're content to be what God has made you you're not trying to aspire to something great you're content to be part of the whole because that's what God intended for all of us everyone has a part to play everyone has a contribution to make but according to the proportion of your faith and according to how God has graced you the problem with people that get miserable and unhappy is they try to be what God has never graced them to be they try to lift themselves up to a place where God never put them and they make shipwreck not only of themselves but all those that follow them and God intended in the church of Jesus Christ a unity to come together and everyone working for the same purpose which is to glorify God in the end we're here to prove what is the perfect acceptable will of God not my will not your will his will we're here to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God and say Lord you gave me this life I owe it to you to raise ourselves up and think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think but to think soberly according as God has given us the measure of faith and the problem with the church of Jesus Christ today is everyone wants to be what they're not and they're not content to be what they really are and then they get frustrated they get angry they get resentful towards God and then they get in a mess you know there's people given to hospitality that's a gift there's people given to administration that's a gift. there's a lot of gifts mentioned in the scriptures and there's a lot of people that don't understand their genuine gifts if you've got that ability how much are you allowing God to use it if you've got a gift to play musically how much are you allowing God to get hold of it you can sit and I noticed some sitting and uh, you know nudging each other and grinning but it's no joke when someone gets out of order and gets out of the place that God put them you're on your way to hell it's a hell of a life 
rebelling against God. God's given you grace. God's given you ability. God's given you a gift. Wake up. It's not what can the church do for me. What can I do for the church? You see, a church grows strong and the thing that's always marked our church out is the fact that everyone works and contributes. I'll tell you why we get volunteers. Because they understand the principle of a church. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we're body. We're members one of another. It's not, what can I get out of it? It's, hey, I'm part of you, you're part of me. If we're going to develop in God, we've got to develop together. What can I give? What can I do? And if you're not part of that body and you're not feeding on that body and you're not knitted together in that body, in the end, you'll become deformed and defunct. Or, put in another way, you'll be a branch that bears no fruit and when Father comes, he'll cut it off. Simple as that. The body of Christ is there that each joint supplies and nourishes. Every one of us has a part to play. It's not a fact, oh, I went to church and, you know, oh, well, I, I, I enjoyed it and, oh, I was blessed. That's just going to a service. But what do you do? What part do you play in the body of Christ? What responsibility have you taken? That's what God wants to know. Where are you? You're members one of another. You've all got a responsibility. You can't turn round like Cain and say, Am I my brother's keeper? And then wash your hands on everyone else. No, you're responsible. You have a part to play. You can't all go on your own. The church of Jesus Christ is a body of believers that get together, minister to one another, love one another, encourage one another, but also want to be part of giving to one another. Without that, you're not a Christian. You might be a church attender, but you sure don't belong to the body of Jesus Christ. Now is that plain? Look at this, you've got to be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving who? I'm in verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. You know, it's, it's an attitude of life. Whatever you find to do, do it with all your might, but you do it as unto God. You're not doing it for yourself. The body of Jesus Christ is a glorious place. Thank God for all the members who really live. I, I, I was sitting down last night with the university students I said to them uh, the people who are still at university I said to them look you're undergraduates but you've got to realize that the talents and gifts God's given you and the abilities you've developed 
they need using and utilizing in the work of Jesus Christ <laughs> we're born into a church we're part of a living organism if it's going to grow and develop every member has got to contribute and the ones with brains better contribute what they've got you present your body as a living sacrifice your brain goes along with it if you haven't got one we'll just accept the body but there we are and I believe it that song we were singing at the beginning said it all I'm a new creation in Christ what's important is I belong I know whom I've believed I know what I'm called to do that's what I do and it's a shame when people get out of their position get out of their state and it, they, they try and be what they're not and it's so hard being what you're not don't work when I go over I went over on Saturday I looked at the people on the building site working away it's our new school building they were giving their time freely. Why? Well, because they realize they're part of the body. Other people are in the gardens working on the gardens. Thank God for that. You won't get the gardens looking nice unless people work on it. It's the way it is. You won't get something for nothing. And what you put into something is what you're going to get out. <coughs> My suggestion is you get smart, you get wise. Are you going to be part of the body of Christ and is your main thing to live for God? If it's not, you're in trouble. God doesn't need your money. God needs you. Is that plain? Hmm? He wants you. And what part can you play? Find out. And don't be put off. If you've got a gift or ability, don't be put off because there are some people turn around and say, ah, well, you know, don't want to do that. Yes, you do. It's part of life. There are some people who best to they want to be conformed to this world that's all they value well let them go you won't change them only God can do that there are people I see who are going to go wrong I just let them go I can watch them month after month going down the wrong path no point in even bothering to talk to them I don't I just let them go because if they're set on a path of suicide I tell you, standing in their way is not going to stop them. They'll just find a way around it. But it's good to be part of what God wants. Good to be able to stand and declare, I'm a new creation in Christ. And with joy I sing. Why? Because in Him we live, we move we have our being it's everything 
absolutely everything to me. It's knowing that the perfect will of God is outworked. I don't know there'd be some here who probably have never got involved in the church. All you do is come to a meeting, get your ears tickled and think that's Christianity. Well, wake up. You're part of the body. We're members one of another. What do you do? Not what the church can do for you, but what can you do? You must have some gift, some ability, because God's given a measure of faith to everyone and a measure of grace. Take it seriously. Do you know the Church of Jesus Christ, the reason it thrives is because people contribute, the reason it fails is because people are just takers. And choice is yours.